In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. There are passages of Scripture where the King James Version of the Bible reflects an unparalleled beauty and even uh, expresses truth with an unparalleled clarity. And there are passages where the King James Version is rather obscure. Uh, Today's epistle is one of those latter examples. Romans 8, 19 says, quote, The earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. I challenge you to write down quickly what you think that means. But the Revised Standard Version makes it a little clearer. Quote, The creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Why does the creation wait with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God? According to the Bible, the sin of the first humans affected the entire creation. When they fell out of communion with God, the entire creation over which they had been given dominion became subject to vanity and corruption. Vanity and corruption refers to the endless cycle of birth and death. Every year, nature blooms in glory, and every year it dies again. The creation has a glory to it, just like humanity has a glory to it. But both lose that glory by death. The eager longing is for that futility to come to an end and for God to complete his new creation where that cycle will stop and humanity and creation will reach the end that God intends for both. Christ has redeemed humanity from sin. The gift of the Holy Spirit restores us to union with God and gives us eternal life that will result eventually in the resurrection of our bodies. Our epistle is saying that this redemption applies to the entire creation. Quote, the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the glorious liberty of the children of God which is to say that the creation will also experience resurrection. And this suggests that in the world to come, we say every week that we believe in the resurrection of the body and the life of the world to come. The world to come is the new creation. And this suggests that in the new creation, it will, the creation will exist in a state of perpetual blossom and fruitfulness. Revelation speaks of the tree of life in the new creation, quote, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit each month. Since the creation's freedom, it's reaching its intended uh, completion, depends upon our freedom, our reaching our intended end, the creation waits with eager longing for God to reveal us as his genuine sons. 
The creation waits for God to reveal his sons. This does not mean that the world to come will be an all-male club with no daughters. The Old Testament promises were inherited by the firstborn son, and biblically this comes to fruition with Christ, who is God's firstborn son, and thus the authentic heir of the whole creation. We are baptized into Christ, and we become heirs with Christ of the creation by virtue of our union with him. Women are sons of God in this sense that they are also heirs of God's promise. As Galatians says, quote, In Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ. If you're Christ and you're Abraham's offspring and heirs, according to promise. Now, this biblical view that the creation exists in eager anticipation of our redemption is not the common perspective of the world we live in. A common theme of contemporary movies and shows is that some catastrophic event occurs, leaving the uh, remaining humans to try to figure out how to survive in some kind of post-apocalyptic world. There is no perpetual fruitfulness, nor is there a great longing present for God to complete the work he has begun. The very word apocalyptic is instructive here. In common use, apocalyptic points to some disastrous, destructive event. However, in the Bible, the word apocalypse means to reveal or to <coughs> uncover. The word revelation is a translation of the Greek form of the word apocalypse. In our epistle, the creation is literally eagerly waiting for the apocalypse of the sons of God. Thus, the world is afraid of the very thing for which the creation and those who have the first fruits of the Spirit eagerly long. And our epistle can help us make some sense of this. Romans, in our epistle, says that the creation groans and travails with labor pains, waiting to give birth to this new thing, the new creation. However, the birth pangs that bring about the new creation are really painful. We rejoice in the glory of Easter, but we have to go through the painful Good Friday death to get there. We rise with Christ in baptism, but this depends upon our putting to death what the Bible refers to as the old man. Our daily sharing in the resurrection of Christ also requires a daily picking up of our cross to follow him. As St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, we are always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, 
that the life of Jesus might also be manifested in our bodies. We can only experience the death of Christ and the dying of our fallen nature as positive things if we also experience his resurrection through the activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The experience of resurrection is what enables us to experience suffering as the pain of birth. And this is why the world and those who do not have the first fruits of the Spirit are necessarily pessimistic about suffering. Without the hope of resurrection, the pains of birth feel very much like the pains of death. St. Paul writes this slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond comparison. It is a momentary affliction in comparison to the eternal weight of glory. But if you do not have the promise of eternal glory, the momentary affliction becomes the unbearable and final pain of death. The gift of the Spirit gives us an essential optimism about life. And this is much more than mere positive thinking. It's not that we just try to put a good spin on things or look on the bright side. Our optimism is rooted in the very fact of our existence in Christ. We have received the baptismal gift of the Spirit through faith. God has planted something in us that has an eternal destiny and we experience as a part of our life. As Jesus said, I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Thus, everything in this life is for us part of the birth pangs of the new creation. It is this way whether we see it or not. And the goal of spiritual growth and the fruit of spiritual growth is that we begin to see things as they really are. We view this creation as a sacramental sign of the new creation. Christ has redeemed this world and in the good things of this world we Enjoy a taste, a sign of the better things that are to come. But we can also let go of the things of this world when they are taken from us because we know they are not ultimate. We can both enjoy and renounce the world in the spirit. We may struggle to find the right balance and sometimes when we lose things, the loss is very painful. But the challenge itself is only possible because, quote, we who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.